You're listening to the Spain and Fitz podcast. I have no idea what to expect from tonight. That I know. I also don't know why James Brown cuts off so abruptly. He seems angry about that. Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. It's Thursday, and that means Thursday night football. ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. It's the 10th year of Progressive's Keys to Progress annual giveaway for veterans. This year, their goal is to gift a vehicle to at least one recipient in every state. Learn more at keystoprogress.com. As always, we have to get everything you need to know about this Thursday night matchup. And to do it, first, we'll get the Ravens side of the matchup from ESPN Ravens reporter Jamison Hensley. Jamison, thanks for the time, man. Let's start with the obvious here. What the hell's wrong with this team in the fourth quarter? <laughs> yeah, it's always something. Even when they won last week against the Cleveland Browns, uh, there was it was still shaky. It was touch and go. It was more that the Browns made of more mistakes in the fourth quarter. Uh, so it wasn't even convincing last week. I think sometimes... Uh, you know, John Harbaugh has said he doesn't want this to kind of get into his team psyche. You know, he, he told me uh, a couple weeks ago is that the key to playing well in the fourth quarter for them and not to have these issues is just don't talk about it a lot. Don't make it bigger than what it is. So I think right now uh, they, they do have some issues. And if they have, continue to have these problems, then you have to wonder whether it is going to get part of their mindset. The good news, Jamison, is that number one running back, number one ride receiver, number one tight end are all going to be available. Do you expect any of them to not be able to do their best, though? Are there any lingering effects of the injuries that have made them questionable? Yeah, I think the biggest question right now is Mark Andrews, the tight end. And you know he's the top target for Lamar Jackson. He has never missed a game because of the injury in his five-year career, but he did not practice at all this week because of a knee injury. Last week, he didn't make a catch. Uh, that ended a streak of 55 straight games with at least one catch. I watched him in pregame warm-ups just a couple of minutes ago. He moved well at times, but then there's other times it looked like he was laboring a little bit. So I think you know he, he is expected to play tonight. I just don't think he's going to be even close to full strength. That is, as somebody that has him in my fantasy football lineup and no backup tight end that can do me anything. This is, this is really concerning. We we should have led with this, Jameson. I mean, yeah. now, now I don't know what And to someone do. trying to get me to trade him. Get oh out of here. Okay, so uh, what when you look at this, what's the matchup that you are most concerned about for the Ravens against the Bucks specifically? Yeah, I think for, for them, it's really uh, Tom Brady against their, their defense, uh, and it's, it's particularly uh, the defensive backs. And this secondary for the Ravens is supposed to be one of the best in the NFL with Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Peters. Uh, you have Chuck Clark in the back uh, as a safety. Uh, but there have been times, uh, particularly if you look at that week two game against Miami, where guys just ran free. Oh, they were wide, wide open. Uh, and I know Tom Brady hasn't been Tom Brady this year. Uh, but he has heard all week about how he hasn't lost three straight games in two decades. Uh, Tom Brady with his back against the wall, uh, I'm not sure if that's really the matchup the Ravens would really like to go in tonight. <laughs> so I really think this is a secondary for the Ravens. that They, they need to be at the top of their game because I, I think they believe that they're going to find a very motivated Brady going against them tonight. Jameson Hensley, our ESPN Ravens reporter, with us here on Spain and Fitz tonight ahead of Thursday night football. What's the X factor tonight? What's the what's the thing that if the Ravens do it right, they get the W? It's pass rush. And we saw for most of the year, the Ravens pass rush has been non-existent. It's disappeared a lot of times. But they've had guys injured. Uh, 
this is going to be one of the few times where they're going to have a lot of their guys back, where you see a Justin Houston, a Jason Pierre-Paul, a Jason Pierre-Paul who says he's going to have a lot of juice going against his former Tampa Bay team. Uh, you have Adafi Owe, the former first-round pick. Uh, I, the, the Ravens need to get pressure on Tom Brady. He gets rid of the ball very quickly, but they still need to get him off his mark as well. And kind of a little side note to all of this, uh, if the Ravens are able to get at least two sacks on Tom Brady tonight, he becomes the most sacked quarterback in NFL regular season history. He is Right now he stands one behind Big Ben Roethlisberger. You guys can follow him on Twitter at Jamison Hensley. As always, thanks for the insight. I'm going to try and update my fantasy roster as quickly as possible now. I appreciate you hanging out with us. Enjoy the game, my friend. Thank you so much. Now let's take a look at the other side of tonight's matchup. And ESPN Buccaneers reporter Jenna Lane joins us. Jenna, uh, it feels like everybody else is panicking around uh, about the, the Buccaneers and their start so far this season. What's the sense around the team? It's been interesting because the guys that I've talked to, they, and I, and I also think something of it, some of it has to do with the fact that just some of the players I spoke to, uh, Will Golston, Shaq Barrett, Raquel Nunez-Rochez, those are all defensive players. They were telling me that, you know, for them, the idea of checking out, it, not even really an option for them because they, they come from tough backgrounds. Their, their individual backgrounds are, are tough. You know, Nunez Rochez was telling me, you know, I come from a third world country. Giving up isn't an option. Uh, Will Golston was saying, I come from Detroit. It's the same type of thing. And so Shaq Barrett said something very similar. And so you have these guys that that are, you know, really just have have phenomenal character and very resilient type people. But just right now, they're lacking in cohesiveness. And that that's, I think, the biggest takeaway that I, that I get from watching them and from being around them, whether it's watching them on the field and, and guys missing assignments, lack of gap integrity, miscues on offense and, and failing to account for extra blitzers and suddenly Tom Brady's getting sacked. It's those types of things. So I, I don't get the sense that they're necessarily – you know, they've given up or anything like that, although they've, they've lost four out of the last five games. But but I, I would say they're on the verge of it if they don't stop this bleeding and they don't get on the same page. It's Spain and Fitz, Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz, talking to Jenna Lane, ESPN Bucks reporter. What's the vibe like in the city? Because there was such an excitement around Brady, and of course, to win a Super Bowl right after he arrives and feel like this could be a second mini dynasty here. This has been obviously disappointing, but even some experts still believe the Bucs are a good team that can finish stronger. What's the fan base thinking? You know, it's interesting. I've, I've seen a couple posts the last few days on next door of all places where um, <laughs> one fan, she started this and, and apparently it's a thing and she's got brownies and like bringing dog treats, but they have gathered this neighborhood, and, and I'm going to have to go by. I didn't get a chance to, to go by last week because we were out of town, but I guess she's doing it this Sunday. And basically they, they wave signs and they say prayers and they cheer for Tom Brady. It's what they do. And, and then I saw another fan actually this morning, and he posted a meme about Tom and being old. So, I mean, I, I think people are very surprised. Some are disappointed. Some also feel like, this is something that can be fixed. They're just going through a rough patch. They've really been hit very hard by injuries. They're holding out hope that, that Ryan Jensen can make this miraculous return at the end of the season. It's still possible. Uh, Logan Ryan, same type of thing. 
think there's a little more optimism with Ryan coming back. You know, he's one of the smartest guys they have on on defense, and he's been a, a terrific addition to their secondary. So uh, there's just a combination of, of a lot of different a lot of different feelings. So when you're looking at this team and you're around this team so much, what's the biggest difference you see in Todd Bowles as a head coach versus what we've seen from Bruce Arians in seasons like this? They handle things very different. Bruce, he's a screamer, and and you'll see it on television. You'll see it on the sidelines. And he's also somebody that he'll call guys out in the media if he feels like his point isn't getting across. Not always. Sometimes he'll protect guys. But if if he feels like he needs to make a point and send a message, it didn't matter if it was Tom Brady. We've seen that before. Carson Palmer, Larry Fitzgerald. If those guys aren't cutting it, he wouldn't be afraid to say something. You will never hear Bowles call out individual players in the media. At least I haven't heard it to this point. And there, there really isn't any finger pointing going on with that. It's, it's the same thing with his assistant coaches. So I find that to be different. Also, Bowles, his temperament is different. He is not a yeller and a screamer. But at the same time, that doesn't mean that he's not tough on his players behind closed doors. He's just not as, as demonstrative uh, about it. As always, you guys can follow her on Twitter at Jenna Lane ESPN. Jenna, enjoy the game tonight. Thanks so much for the insight on the team. Thanks so much, you guys as well. Great stuff from Jenna and Jameson as we get you all sorts of ready for Thursday night football. Uh, that game is about to kick off, and we'll keep you updated as we get any action on it between Baltimore and Tampa Bay. Of course, you can watch it on Amazon Prime. In the meantime, we're in second place in the ESPN Radio Pick'em Challenge. Devin's been talking trash. We're about to take our rightful spot at the top of the leaderboard. We'll tell you why, because Sarah's making picks next. You'll hear him. Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Spain and Fitz, the podcast. We can all celebrate. It's good. My fantasy football team's fine. I know you guys were worried about it during the entire break after Jamison Hensley told us that we weren't sure what was going to happen. Mark Andrews already has a catch. So feeling good, feeling froggy. Thursday night football is underway. Uh, the Ravens got the opening kick, and they are driving uh, with another catch for Mark Andrews. Oh, I'm just living big, Sarah. It's Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM channel. Lady Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz. We're presented by Progressive Insurance, and we'll get to the radio pick'em challenge in a second uh, as we need to get you caught up on some picks for the games. But I thought before we did that, maybe we could get our buddy Joe Fortenbaugh to give us a little bit of gambling help since we're not going to be on tomorrow uh this is your opportunity to maybe grab a pad of paper a little pen note down some uh some thoughts that Fortinball has on some of the best games of the weekend this is joe top three plays in the nfl this weekend number one lay the one point with the raiders over the saints this Ooh. raiders team is oh. better than the record indicates plus 13 in point differential despite the two and four record Compare that to the Giants, 6-1 this season with a plus 20-point differential. New Orleans is a mess on both sides of the ball. Give me the Raiders. Game number two, speaking of the Seahawks, I will lay the three with Seattle. No disrespect to everything the Giants are doing, but this is their third road game in four weeks, the first of which was in London, the last of which is in Seattle. That's going to take its toll against one of the better offenses in the NFL. And then number three, Arizona plus 3.5 at Minnesota. Say it with me, Minnesota is fugazi. Nice record this season, but I don't think they're anywhere as good as that record indicates. Five and one teams aren't all created equal. Minnesota's five and one, Buffalo's five and one. You see them on the same tier. DeAndre Hopkins back for Arizona gives them a boost on offense. I'll take the three and a half with the Cardinals. 
All right, those are some best bets from Joe Fortball. I like the first one. I don't really care what he said after that. I stopped listening <laughs> after he said the Raiders were going to be fine. Was, you know, Sarah, this is this. I, I'm I'm universally focused. Are you ready? Because you know, for anyone that doesn't know, we've got a lot on the line, and you're picking today. I know we got production and everything to play, but before sure. we do that, are you feeling good, Sarah? You feeling ready? I'm feeling a ton of pressure, an insane amount of pressure. Our producer decided to put, you know. Uh, he sent out an email to the rest of the shows just saying, you know, guaranteed win. We'll be leading after this week. Book it. That's a lot of pressure for me. Deb, Listen, we're, we're, we're I, I, and I meant it too. I have faith in you, Sarah. Let's get it. Come on. We are one, right, we're, right. we're one game behind Greeny. It's time for the ESPN Radio Pick'em Challenge. It's a team, man. It's a team. One guy can't do it. It takes all of us. ESPN Radio's Pick'em Challenge. All right, we are going to get a little pick 'em challenge action in, Sarah. No fading uh, on, on our show, nor we're having so picks. many difficulties fading. Everyone, if you're listening, it's not Nick the board up. Uh, by the not way, as quickly, a gambling term, just the, the music. The uh, Buccaneers are having uh, problems too. Yeah, they just muffed their uh, their first ran opportunity. Into his own so. player on the kickoff. Yep. So, uh, Sarah, we are one game back at Greeny. Greeny's 12, 8, and 1. We're 11, 9, and 1. The other shows, who cares? They're behind us. So, are, are you? but we alternate every week, and it's your week to pick. The three games are pre-selected for us. It's against the spread. Are you feeling ready for the first one? I'm feeling ready, and I'm feeling froggy. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's get to the 49ers-Rams. All right. We got minus one and a half for the Niners here. This is a tough one because I think the Niners are going to win the game, but by how much? And they also, they lost that defense that had been so dominant. They only allowed 14.8 points for the first six games and then gave up 44. Now it was to the Chiefs. Very different game, but I think I'm going to go with the Niners having a bounce back game on defense. The Rams defense has been good. But I think you got another week uh, for McCaffrey to settle in. And I'm going Niners in the points. Oh, see, this one's tough for me because I'm, I'm shooketh, as I always say, uh, by watching essentially Jimmy G last week not do anything other than get clobbered repeatedly. And it, it didn't feel like there were any great adjustments. And I keep thinking Aaron Donald's going to come in and just eat him for lunch. But I know the 49ers have tremendous success against the Rams. I would actually lean the other way on this. We disagree, but... You know what, Sarah? I don't feel strongly about it. I think you're probably right because usually you are. Let's go to the next game. <laughs> don't jinx me like that. That's not fair. <laughs> uh, this is another tough one. We talked about this on the show last night. The Giants are a team that has completely outplayed every single model that was expected in the preseason. Daniel Jones has gone from, yeah, he's not the guy, to can he go out and get a ton of money on the free market if the Giants don't franchise tag him or sign him to a big money deal. The Seahawks are a similar success story. Geno Smith making a ton of this opportunity that he has starting out in Seattle and a team that's really looked good across multiple phases. The defense looked really good last week. Um, they were just well-balanced. Uh, I want to take the Giants to win this game, but I'm taking the Seahawks and minus – no, wait. <sighs> yeah, I'm going to take the Seahawks. I, I'm going to take the Seahawks. Okay. I, look, I don't think you're wrong about Dev, Devin celebrating back there because Devin believes that the more we all don't believe in the Giants, the better the football team will be, apparently. But, uh, look, the Seahawks have been sneaky good, Dev. Uh, like, how confident are you, Devin? You're the Giants expert. You confident? 
I'm I'm not as confident as I've been in previous weeks, but at the same point, like the Giants, they keep keep down us. You know what I mean? I think they like the under. Yeah, mentality. I'm not down on you at all. They are the third team in the history of the league to win their first seven, uh, sorry, six wins each by a final margin of eight or fewer points. Uh, it's just there's so many close games, and you know. I think also Seahawks don't um, don't get a lot of pressure on the quarterback. They they struggle with QB runs, which I think sets up well for Daniel Jones. But they just haven't been good at stopping the run. I think Kenneth Walker Jr. is going to go off. I think Geno still looks great. So for whatever reason, my heart is telling me Seahawks. Uh, by the way, the game's in Seattle. I think that's also another one. That Let, helps too. Let's uh, let's go to the next game on the Pick'em Challenge. All right, I'll keep this one quick. This is a massive number. Minus 11 and a half. First time ever Aaron Rodgers been a double-digit underdog in his career. And he's got a thumb issue. The game's, you know, anything can happen. But I'm going Bills and the crazy points. Yeah, this is a double-digit game, and I put triple digits on it. That's, I, I mean, Buffalo's going to kill Whoa. him. Buffalo is going to kill him. I am very, this is my most confident game of the weekend. I think oh, the I'm Bills are now. just going to oh, no. absolutely embarrass Whenever the Packers. Whenever you get all chesty like this, things I know, go never terribly works out for wrong. Never, I all right, let's, go, let's pick our teams before oh, we, we get out we of here. We don't have the sound on yours, but I'll do it. I'll do it. Uh, Bears, uh, Cowboys, boom, boom, boom. You know what? That's rude to not have the sound for my... That is rude. I take offense to that. And you know what? I'm taking the Bears. It's a minus nine and a half. I know the Bears aren't very good, but the Cowboys are absolutely destroyed by injuries right now. Micah Parsons and Sam Williams on the IR. I believe Ezekiel Elliott is out of this one. Um, I think the Bears are going to keep it closer than that number. I like the Cowboys on that number. Sorry, Sarah. Uh, but we can quickly. I know. What about Raiders? That's Saints. We have it. I just thought I did a better job. Okay, fine. You know what? Fine. Out of principle, I want to trash your Saints <laughs> because you were just mean about my Bears. I mean, your Raiders. But I think the Saints are not very good, and I think your Raiders are going to win. Yeah, I think the Raiders are going to win this football game. And then guess what? All of a sudden, Raiders 3-4. Oh, I'm going to be insufferable. That's pathetic. Yeah, I know. Well, look, one thing. <laughs> I'm not asking for a winning record, just not such a losing record. All right, a Philly <laughs> super fan is going to join us next. We'll get the pulse of the city of Philadelphia for the World Series. Spain and Fitz, the podcast. Oh, that's a jam right there. It's Spain and Fitz, Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz, ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM Channel 80. We're we have only to change the song for five. our next guest, though, like because he he works far later than five, right? Like, it well, I was gonna say we're working more like five to nine ish yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, tonight, but we got tomorrow off because the World Series starts right here on ESPN Radio. And joining us to talk about it, Sports Center anchor and massive Philly fan, fan of the Eagles and the Phillies and all things Philadelphia. It's Kevin Nagandi. Kevin, thanks for the time. Sarah Fitz, how we doing tonight? Not as good well, as you. Not as well as you. Yeah, yeah, that's that's it right there. Uh, let's talk about this Phillies team. I mean, I remember being on Around the Horn and being asked a question about, you know, Joe Girardi's fired, it's 22 and 29 or whatever they were. Is this team beyond saving? And I would not have at that moment predicted a World Series run. What's it been like? It's been house money, and uh, I'm okay with that because, like, listen, when you look at the payroll and the commitment that they spent in the offseason to help Bryce Harper, you look at their starting two pitchers in the rotation and Wheeler and Nola, they they could stack up with anybody. The key was 
They were not healthy. Bryce was out for two months. They couldn't get the bullpen right. And then it all came together at the right time. Listen, this team in mid-September was was fighting off the Brewers. And if the Brewers didn't struggle against the Diamondbacks, they don't make the playoffs. So they got in, and I thought they were loose because the Cardinals had the pressure, right? They're They're the road team. And... They had nothing to lose. They, they come back with a big inning uh, in the ninth to, to beat the Cardinals. It changes the tone of the, how they approach the series. Same way with the Braves, nothing to lose. You take one uh, on the road. Same with the Padres, nothing to lose. You take one on the road. And that's how I'm approaching Houston here where, hey, all the expectations are on a team that's perfect in the postseason. If they find a way to split the two games in Houston – and then you have three back in that Philadelphia environment, take your chance, right? And I think, I think that's the, the focus right now for the Phillies. So, you know, Kevin, I was lucky enough to be around you after the Eagles won the Super Bowl, right? And mm-hmm. seeing what it meant for you and what it means for Philly, it was a, it's a beautiful thing. What does this run from the Phillies mean for the city of Philadelphia? Well, first off, you know, Fitz, uh, that, that, that Eagles Super Bowl run – was one of those where we're going to share with our grandkids because, you know, we were hearing stories from our family members through the years that, hey, we're never going to win something in over four decades of, of just misery, of, uh, falling short. Um, this Phillies run, this is the first time they made the postseason since, you know, 2011. So it's been 11 years. Um, and, again, this is all unexpected. Uh, especially where they were in, all, in August and September and how, you know, you're, you're fighting and they've had the September swoon the last three years. So to me, it's, it's magical because there are no expectations. And then for Bryce Harper to do what he did, for Reese Hoskins, who's been a part of the, all the losing, Aaron Nola, another, you know, homegrown talent that's seen some bad days, it's just been a lot of like, hey, let's celebrate and live in the moment. And that's all we've been doing right now. And for me personally, I, I shared the experience with my three kids watching, you know, that game on Sunday. And it was amazing. Like, it was absolutely insane in my own house. So you can only imagine what it was like at the bank with 46,000. And, and I can't wait for Monday night in that crowd. It's Spain and Fitz. We're talking to Kevin Nagandi. You could follow him at Kevin Nagandi on Twitter. Huge Phillies fan. A lot of people super excited for Bryce Harper to be in this position, but there was a little bit of a slip up when he arrived uh, with the Phillies. <laughs> he accidentally said, we want to bring a title back to D.C. And uh, <laughs> nobody was going to let that go. Can you take us back to that moment, to that signing? How enthusiastic were you about Harper coming to town? And did you believe that he could be part of getting this done? By the way, Sarah, uh, great memory. Old habits die hard, right? And then for the <laughs> yeah. Nationals to win the World yep. Series the year mm-hmm. after Bryce leaves, there was a lot of stuff going on. I- I'm going to share a quick story, and you guys could appreciate this. Uh, several years ago, you know, it may have been like 2014, Bryce was on campus, and we were doing a This Is Sports Center commercial. I was doing something with Andrew McCutcheon, and Bryce was in this green room, and I walked in, and, and him and I were, you know, quickly, you know, having a conversation about things. And he's like, how come you're not in the commercial? I'm like, I'm doing something with Andrew McCutcheon. And he goes, man. And we started talking about, like, Philadelphia. And I told him, dude, you're supposed to be a jerk. I'm not supposed to like you. 
Why are you being so cool with me right now? And he started laughing, and he was like, dude, I love Philadelphia, and I love those Chase Utley, Jimmy Rollins teams. I love that fan base. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, you're supposed to be a jerk. You're with the Nationals, right? And when he signed, it all made sense. Like, he wanted Mm -hmm. to come to a place that I think would embrace him, that would understand him, that would appreciate his hustle. But the city did not know that story that I just shared with you. The city, they they reviled Bryce. So I think the first six months was like a feeling out process. Is he real? Is he genuine? He's talking about, you know, the fanatic all the time. He's on the streets. My cousin ran into him the first week he was in Philadelphia, and my cousin wouldn't stop talking about how amazing he was. And I was like, "Is, is this the real Bryce? Uh, or is this a phony trying to win us all over? And will we see the real one? And he's been as authentic and genuine as advertised from the moment he came into Philadelphia and he decided that he wanted to make this his home for 13 years. And I think that now the entire experience all makes sense, right? He wanted to be loved. He wanted to play in front of this fan base in the playoffs. He got that experience, and now he's a god. I mean, there are multiple murals that have been put up on buildings throughout the, the city over the last four days because he had a monumental home run. And regardless of the World Series, Saren Fitz, he will still be a Philadelphia icon just because of this run. So you are ever the professional. I'm not. And I'm looking at the World Series uh, schedule, right? You got game three in Philly, game four in Philly, game five in Philly. You referenced that. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, all first pitch around 8.03 p.m. By the way, you can hear all that on ESPN Radio. That happens to be right around the time that, I don't know, you're hosting a show called Sports Center. So what, what's the plan here? Like, do you just go to the bosses and say, sorry, I'm going to the World Series? Like, Because it feels like when you're a Sports Center host on the biggest Sports Center time, it can't be that. That easy well it's not um and, and actually some of these playoff games have been while i've been working so i appreciate you bringing that up Fitz. where you know i've been working with you know of course my co-anchor the best in the business l duncan and we have a great rivalry when we talk about our team so you know when the braves you know fell apart against the phillies i had a ton of fun with her on the air a ton of fun especially immediate reaction um i will tell you i am going i will be there and nothing's going to stop me. All I don't right. know when I come back to work later in the week. I'll have a voice. Um, <laughs> but I will, I will be in Philadelphia. There is no doubt. I wouldn't, miss, I wouldn't miss the first game of this series back in Philadelphia. Um, I've, got a, I, I've got an event that I'm hosting for the V Foundation on Tuesday night. And, and listen, uh, I'm making sure that event ends at 830. And, uh, you know, <laughs> Wednesday night, the cool thing is I'll do the pregame and then I'll I'll just drive home and I'll be in perfect timing to get uh, to get home. And and Fitz, to your point, in 2008, I was at Game Five of that World Series, the first part of it with the, with the nasty weather, and then it got you know delayed, and then it resumed two days later. I couldn't stick around two days in the city. I drove back and hosted a pregame show. At ESPN leading up to that game. So it, it turned out to be pretty good for me. And uh, uh, I'm definitely going to be there for, for one of the games. I wouldn't miss that. That's amazing. All right. Well, we have to ask this. And I know what your pick is going to be, I'm guessing. But how many games and who needs to step up to make it happen? <laughs> 
Well, listen, I, I'm I'm going to be reasonable here. I'm not, I'm not going to be like, oh, Philly's in four. That's that's just stupid. <laughs> um, I will say that this game, or I should say this series, will come down to three specific things. If the Phillies don't get one game in Houston, uh, this could be a wrap in five games. Um, my biggest concern is the middle relief for the Phillies. And how are you pitching to Jordan Alvarez? Because as hot as Bryce Harper is, Alvarez is literally unpitchable. So my hope is they steal one in Houston and we can finish this out in six. And if it goes to seven games, I think that's advantage Philadelphia. But if we can get to six games, you get the chance to have Wheeler and Nola twice in the series. I like those odds. And that means Verlander twice in the series. But, you know, I'll take Philly in six or Philly in seven. All right, and finally, I have to ask, because I'm okay with it. Oh, How did yeah. you feel about the Robert Quinn to the Eagles news? Hell yeah, Sarah! <laughs> I loved everything about it! Um, honestly, like, the, the most important thing I thought about the trade was it adds depth to a defensive front that, that's going to need it, especially when you talk about the long haul in the postseason. I also think it takes Robert Quinn off the market from another team. And so it works twofold here. And I'm just enjoying this space. I, anytime somebody brings up the Eagles run, run right now, Sarah, I bring up specifically you don't win the Super Bowl in September or October. The most mm-hmm. important thing for this team is to be healthy at the end of December, as we've seen with this Phillies run. So, like, I don't, I don't care about undefeated record. I, don't care. I just want this team to be healthy to get to the postseason, and then let's see where this team can be because I think they're, they're built for a long run. I, I think that's a very measured approach. Like uh, we that. look forward to welcoming you back <laughs> later in the season and see if the voice have gone up a couple octaves and we're getting our dog masks ready to go. Uh, awesome stuff, we Kevin. We have dogs, so don't forget it. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm bringing snacks over to your place next week to watch a World Series. Do just, it. just inviting myself, Nagandi. We'll, 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 we'll talk soon. Love it. Awesome. It's, the door is always open. You know that. Always. <laughs> You're the best, brother. Look out for uh, Kevin Nagandi on Twitter and all of his takes on the Phillies uh, and the World Series, which starts tomorrow night at Kevin Nagandi is where you can follow him. SportsCenter is where you can watch him. Phillies fans hoping their team can get in the zone. Get in the zone is brought to you by AutoZone. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Coming up, would you eat beans on a plane? And if you did, would you worry about, I don't know, the toots on your next TV show? We're speaking about someone very specific, clearly. We'll get into it next. Spain and Fitz, the podcast. It's Spain and Fitz, Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz, closing out our final show of the week, World Series, bumping us tomorrow. And Fitz, I hate to break it to you, but I'm out all of next week, too. What? For what? the ESPNW Summit. You're on your own, brother. Oh, man. I, You know what? It's it's going to get wild. It's going to be chaotic. Oh, no. The Bears Don't takes worry. are going to be going. I mean, it oh, is. Oh, no. Well, the Not good news is me. the World Series is on next week. So, we, we have several several games where yes. several games that will impact our show. So again, every pitch of the World Series can be heard on ESPN right Radio. Uh, but ESPN so Radio. you know, it, it, there'll be some less chaos because of that. But God only knows. By the way, I can't believe I missed that great opportunity to drop a Taylor Swift. You're on your own, kid. You mm. always have been. Line. 
But uh, mm. yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll sneak some of those in in the coming weeks. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Uh, we asked you to hit us up on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed, at Sarah Spain, at Spain at Fitz, at Jason Fitz. Uh, earlier in the show, we talked about Kadarius Tony getting traded from the Giants to the Chiefs. There were sort of mixed opinions on whether he'll be a good, useful piece or like, oh, my God, that's unfair. He's going to immediately be the best player. But there were no mixed takes on the back tattoo that he has that says, in giant numbers, almost jersey size, 89, which was his number with the Giants, he will be wearing number 19 in Kansas City. Fitz isn't sure why. Check the roster. Just a practice squad player rocking the 89 right now. So it's a, it's a big New York skyline. It's a Statue of Liberty. It's an 89. We asked him, we asked you guys what he might be able to turn that into. Not a lot of great answers. Uh, we got 89 bottles of beer on the wall. Mm, I guess I did like a bunch that one. of uh, beers underneath. Someone add he could just write minus 70 right below it. Uh, <laughs> Don't change a thing. That's how many yards receiving he'll have this season. It's perfect. Oh, wow. Uh, ouch. Uh, someone suggested make the Statue of Liberty into Taylor Swift and keep it 89. Uh, big, big fan. Um, and, uh, and then some uh, inappropriate things I can't share. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, that was interesting piece of news today. Uh, we also got some surprising news uh, about um, an injury that honestly hadn't even heard about Jamar Chase that could keep him out for four to six weeks with a hip. So some pretty big uh, World Series – I'm sorry, uh, wide receiver news uh, today. Yeah, and uh, I think that the, the Jamar Chase portion of this is so surprising only because – as we said earlier, and I think it is worth echoing, when you go from, hey, he's hobbled and he's out of the game for a minute, but he's back in and maybe he can play, we just expect the level of toughness. Mm-hmm. I mean, Mark Andrews is a good example. The tight end for the Ravens uh, was hobbled last week. He's in tonight. He's making an impact. We just get really used to that. So to go yeah. from, well, he's going to get it checked out, okay, four to six weeks. I mean, that is just such a huge shift and when you talk about the Ravens and the the Bengals trying to figure out the the division it's going to be massive to that yeah yeah completely agree and speaking of the Ravens we've got a Thursday night football happening right now on Amazon Prime Bucks are up 10 to 3 very late in the first quarter uh you can follow that on Amazon Prime uh, let's talk about a different game going on. Uh, I, we don't ne- necessarily need to break down the action. We can just talk about um, one of our own flying out to go to this game. The Broncos are taking on the Jags in London. It will be exclusively on ESPN Plus at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on Sunday. And Dan Orlovsky's heading out there, uh, and he tweeted upon landing in London, just landed Eight scrambled eggs and baked beans on the plane was delightful, LFG. Now, you know, we've, we're used to bad food takes for him. Presumably that's a very British common thing for breakfast is beans and eggs. But then he followed that up, not surprisingly, with tweeting out, last time I called an NFL game, the Open had a unique sound. One often created by beans. Oh, we'll wow. see what Sunday brings. Calling out his own on-air fart. I mean, I, that takes a level of uh, well, that's Orlovsky. Like, I don't yeah. think Dan. Like, there's a level <laughs> of I don't care that comes with Dan. And, and yeah, like I've been to London a bunch of times in my life. Uh, humble brag. Uh, and uh, frankly, the minute I saw his first tweet about the food, I thought, man, Dan has found his happy place. Like bland food that doesn't necessarily have a lot of taste or or originality to it. That describes most of what I've eaten in London. So I feel like, you know, he's in his, his happy space. I just don't know about eating the, the baked beans on the plane. Yeah. I, I hope Liam Chapman's I, not listening. Uh, well, I mean, Liam, Liam, 
uh, one of our, our brethren here at ESPN Radio works with us, and a wonderful person, but obviously comes from an area of bland food. That's okay! Yeah, listen, England's not known for its food. I would crush some baked beans and eggs, though. That sounds d- delicious. Yeah. I'm down with that. Some toast, some and baked then beans, some eggs. They Maybe put not like before hot, the show, though. They, they put tomatoes with it for the full English breakfast yes. experience. Beautiful. Yeah, I, like yeah, I ate good. it in England. No, I liked that. it. I like a nice hot tomato slice along with my eggs <laughs> and beans. Um... Uh, we'll, we will find out uh, on Sunday if there are any on-air eruptions from Dan Orlovsky, Broncos, Jags, ESPN Plus, exclusively 9.30 a.m. on Sunday. It should be pointed out, like, that's a perfect thing to do on the flight, though, because when you're on a plane, you can toot and nobody can say anything. Like, nobody knows where it came from, especially if you're sitting next to, like, a kid. Oh, now yeah. you got full rage. Well, you can just push everything out of your stomach and look at the child. First of all, I completely disagree with that. I think that's awful. And secondly, hopefully <laughs> it'll take a little bit of time for those beans to marinate the Toots will come after you get off the plane. Uh, by the way, Nathaniel Hackett, a lot of people suggesting that if that game doesn't go well, he could be out. So that's something to keep an eye on. Real quick, Fitz, World Series starts tomorrow. Phillies, Astros, 8.08 p.m. Eastern, Fox, ESPN Radio for all of your World Series games. What you got? Who's your pick? Astros in four. Uh, I, what? I mean, Astros haven't lost yet. And, you know, Jeez I, Louise. I know, I know. Astros in wow, four. Wow, Debbie we're, Downer. We're back to work in a few days. And okay. It, it, I'm going to go with the Astros in five. No, six. Astros in six. <laughs> I'm going to make it more interesting. Astros in six. Hey, by the way, tune into football doubleheader Sunday as the Vikings host the Cardinals, followed by Commanders at Colts. Coverage begins at noon Eastern on select ESPN radio stations. Fitz, one last thing before we go tonight. One of our favorite listeners, Angry Bears fan, Dad Man, who even managed to get himself into our fantasy league, I think it was last year, maybe the year before, Time is a Flat Circle, 40 years old today. One of our most loyal and wonderful and funny listeners. So happy birthday at Angry Bears fan, Dad Man. Thanks for listening to the Spain and Fitz podcast. You can listen to the show weeknights at 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app.